Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining with us again this morning. Although we may be limited in how we get together, it's good to know that God is always with each and every one of us, wherever we are. This morning, I would like to share on the subject, prepared for a fresh move of God. And the text I would like to uh, take as a basis for my message is to be found in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 to 19. This is in the NIV version. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the waste land. We're going to come back to that a little bit later. I think it's encouraging that with the recent government announcements, we can finally begin to look forward to when we will all once again meet together in corporate church fellowship. And as we do so, I'm praying that we will rediscover to a greater measure the blessing and dynamic of corporate fellowship and worship. So much of Paul's epistles are focused on the dynamics and functioning of the fellowship meetings of the body of Christ, the place where God has purposed for the ministry of the Holy Spirit to help us grow and mature in Christ. In the book of Hebrews, we are exhorted not to neglect the gathering together in fellowship, the context being that withdrawing from fellowship is evidence of an end time falling away from God. So given the significance of New Testament teaching on the subject, it's important that we seek to practice it God's way. I believe we find in corporate fellowship and worship the God-given environment where, through the work of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of one another, we can grow and mature as believers, both individually and collectively. Also, it is the place and environment where the church becomes empowered for its mission on the earth. So I'm looking forward, and I hope you are also, to our coming together again and re-engaging in the process of sharing the good news of the gospel and our spiritual development and growth. As we have traveled, as it were, through the experience of the last three to four months, it has been legitimate to ask, where is God in all of this? But in doing so, it is important that we be careful to listen to God and not to man. We can only do that as we individually have nurtured our own relationship with God through prayer and the Word. In one, uh, the first book of Kings, chapter 19, uh, verse 11 to 12, we read this. Then he said... Go out and stand in the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. God speaks to us very often in that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Regrettably, 
There are many sort. There are so many divergent voices seeking for our attention, and as a result, there is much confusion in all the messages and announcements that are being published across all the various Christian media outlets, ministries, on Facebook, on Twitter, and all they are producing is confused Christians and a fractured church. Scriptures clearly tell us that we should be a people who know the peace of God in our hearts so that no matter what voices we listen to, in the end, the question is, what is God wanting to show me and what does he want me to do about that? Of course, there is the immediate. How do I deal with my immediate circumstances? What should be my God-given attitude and response? Some weeks ago, I felt the Lord leading me to share from Psalm 46, verse 10 to 11. Repeat it, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And so can it be that God was saying to you and me, just stop trying to work this out and simply put your trust in me? I have everything under control. So sit back and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, I know that it's not easy for most, if not all of us, to simply stop and step back. We have that inbuilt need to know, and we are driven to do whatever we can to find the answer. And of course, we feel vulnerable when we don't know what is happening. But it's clear from God's word that there are times that God says, you don't need to know everything. Just put your trust in me. He says, no matter what the future holds. He says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with you. The God of Jacob is your refuge. As I mentioned recently, when God asked the children of Israel to remain in captivity until it was his timing to free them, he warned them about listening to divergent prophetic messages which satisfied the flesh and then spoke through Jeremiah something that we often hear quoted. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. I'm sure many know this off by heart. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. In Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 26, we read this, So it is good to wait patiently or quietly for salvation from the Lord. And I believe this morning that God intends that as believers, we are to demonstrate in the midst of the storm that we are a people who know the peace of God that we are a people who believe in the sovereignty of God in all things, and that we align ourselves with the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, when he says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. But furthermore, we are to be a witness to our friends, to our neighbors, to all that we meet of the love of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so these times, if nothing else, are an opportunity to share the good news of the gospel. 
But beyond the immediate, no matter what God is showing us for that moment, more often than not, God is at work within us to accomplish longer-term goals. I believe God's plan for each and every one of us, even through difficult times, is not just for the moment, but for the rest of our lives. I mentioned some weeks ago that maybe God wanted us to see these difficult times as a motivator to grow in God. Now, I believe that through this experience, we have actually had an opportunity, an opportunity unlike any other time, to draw closer to God. And I trust you've been taking advantage of that opportunity. I truly believe that with the right attitude and commitment and with God's help, we can come out of these difficult times better and stronger people of God. I think, as I mentioned recently, not just stronger people, but stronger people of God with a greater faith and a commitment to God. And I believe that if that is so, as we will look back, we will testify that it was a time when our relationship with the Lord and our growth in love and grace became enlarged and stronger. The more I have waited upon the Lord regarding what has been happening, the more convinced I have become that God's desire for us as his church was not to focus on the outward and the difficulties, but on what God wants to do in our lives and the life of the church. It would appear that most, if not all, of our time of isolation is over. But I am hoping that everyone has actually been engaged in drawing nearer to God and seeking to grow in Him. Either way, can I encourage everyone, those who will continue and those who will <coughs> do so from now on, to take the opportunity to begin through prayer and meditation in the Word to see it as an opportunity to become prepared for a fresh move of God at Transformation Church. As we will once again begin to gather together, I'm truly excited about the potential of something fresh and new from God for us as a church. I'm convinced that God is seeking to prepare us for a move of his Holy Spirit amongst us. That we will experience a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That we will see a release of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that will be a manifestation of the power and glory of God. <clears throat> During our recent prayer meeting, Pastor Richard reminded us of a prophetic word given to us last year by a visiting prophet. It said that Transformation Church would become a place where the hurting would come to for healing. And I believe this brings a challenge to all of us to be ready and equipped to handle those who come to us for help. And so maybe, therefore, we should consider what we are going through as a time that the Lord has called us aside to wait upon him for this purpose. It may be different for others, other churches, other people. But for us at Transformation Church, it is a time to prepare us for a special outpouring of the Holy Spirit and of ministry to the hurting. 
a time to allow him to equip and prepare us for the challenges he's going to bring across our path. It may have seemed like a desert experience, but when faced with the right attitude and used productively through prayer and meditating on the word, it can result in us being equipped and empowered in ministry to meet whatever God sends our way. As I was thinking about that, I was reminded of Luke's account of Jesus' time in the desert. At the end of it, we read this. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And a report about him went through all the surrounding country. Jesus had spent 40 days and nights fasting in the desert. He had faced temptation and overcome. It was a time of intense prayer and waiting upon the Father. And we've just read, and when it was over, he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. In the harsh desert experience, cut off from the world as it were, it was there that he became ready and equipped to carry out what he came to do. What a lesson that is for us. Difficult times and circumstances, approached with the right attitude, can be the time and place where we can be prepared for what God wants to use us for, and where we can be prepared to fulfill his purposes in and through our lives. It can be the place where we are baptized or filled in the Holy Spirit. It can be the place where spiritual gifts can be incubated and nurtured and birthed in our lives. And I'm trusting that through these trying times, maybe for some they were lonely times, or for others it was a desert-like experience, but I'm trusting that many have been waiting upon the Lord and we are going to see the fruits in the assembly when we all get back together. And of course, it's not too late to start. Although what is ahead will be much shorter than what we have gone through, it can still be a time when we press into God for him to pour his Holy Spirit upon us. And I'm praying that when we do get back together, our testimony will be this, that they return to the church full of the Holy Spirit. Luke goes on to record what Jesus did when he returned. He went into the synagogue at Nazareth and read from the book of Isaiah. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 to 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I think that's a wonderful example of what we can expect and also be equipped by the Holy Spirit to do. As I read it, it immediately resonated with the prophecy that Pastor Richard reminded us of in the prayer meeting, that we would become a place where the hurting would come for healing. Let's look back at what we've just read. 
He was anointed, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Jesus took the time to spend in prayer, to step aside from busyness and allow the Father and the Holy Spirit to minister to him and prepare him for what he was going to face. Through it, he became empowered for his earthly ministry. This morning, we need to recognize afresh that communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit is essential. A relationship and communion with the Holy Spirit is absolutely necessary if we are to grow in God's purposes in our lives. God wants to anoint and empower each of us to fulfill the same ministry and to fulfill our earthly ministry. Let me emphasize this. God wants to anoint and empower each and every one of us. Everyone who is part of Transformation Church. Not just the pastors, not just the elders, not just ministry leaders, but everyone anointed for ministry and anyone else who is listening to this message right now. It excites me to think of what the potential end result could be. To think about what such a spirit-filled body of believers ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit could accomplish. And I'm praying therefore that many, if not all of you, listening to my message today will share in that excitement and make a commitment to be part of what God wants to do at Transformation Church. That you will be determined to press into God and seek for an infilling of the Holy Spirit and for a revelation of how God wants to use you. I want to encourage you to demonstrate your determination to seek for the fullness of God in your lives so that you can be able to minister effectively, whether in the church or outside the church. And it's exciting, isn't it, to know that God wants to give himself to us in the Holy Spirit to accomplish that goal. And so for this, it's our responsibility to surrender and make ourselves available for the Holy Spirit to accomplish God's will through us. For too long, much of the Christian church has been powerless and ineffective. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is able to inject heaven-sent power into our lives and equip us to impact our communities for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure you recall the words of Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 12, when he declared, the works that he did and even greater works would we do. The early church believers in the book of Acts healed the sick, cast out demons, and even raised the dead. Why? Because they lived daily, aware of their need to rely on a continual infilling of the Holy Spirit. One writer has declared that the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower us to go beyond our human abilities and to be effective, supernaturally enabled witnesses to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
In my last message, we considered the fact that we were to have an active expectation. It's possible, it's possible to have a passive ex expectation. As I mentioned last time, I can have a bank of scriptures and theological truths that I hold on to and which I believe in, even claiming I expect God to manifest those things I believe, but which I never actively employ by faith in my day-to-day -day life. It's so important that we be freed from any limitation whether in the natural or spiritual, that would limit our ability to walk, as we have discussed recently, on water. It's something that we can't do naturally. We can only do it as we are freed and released from the limitations of our humanity by the power of God's Holy Spirit. For expectation to become fulfillment, there has to be a release in our lives to a place in the spirit where we are free, where we are unrestricted by our human strength and abilities. See, it's possible that we may be in the church. We may be part of the body of Christ, but we may not yet be released to the purposes of God in our lives. God is calling every one of us to step out in faith and to allow the Holy Spirit to use us. And every time we step out in faith under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to minister in healing or in any other way, we are going beyond our human abilities to be effective, supernaturally enabled witnesses to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I believe that as we personally will have been in fellowship and companion with God through these difficult times, we will come out of our time of trial and testing prepared for a fresh move of God. I'm convinced that God's will for Transformation Church is that it will not be the same when we get back together. I invite you to join with me in believing that Transformation Mation Church would be a place where just like it was said of Jesus, the gospel is preached to the poor. And I think about, when I think about that, I think not just poor materially, but poor spiritually. Transformation Church will be a place where the brokenhearted are healed, whether it's mentally, emotionally, psychologically. The captives are set free. from whatever bondage they may bring. The blind recover their sight. And again, as I think about that, I think that about not just physically, but spiritually, where the oppressed are set at liberty. I'm excited about that. It may be asked or said, we have never experienced things like that. So this is where I want to turn back to our opening text. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 18 to 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. As I looked at that verse, those verses, 
this is what God showed me. I believe God showed me that these verses are impregnated with the potential of the infinite possibilities in God's purposes for his people. I use the word impregnated. The thesaurus says saturated, soaked, permeated, filled with the potential of the infinite possibilities in God's purposes for his people. We all desire new things. They inspire us until the newness begins to wear off. God's desire for our lives is that we live in a way that we are renewed daily with a sense of newness that takes us forward in his purpose for our lives. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Hebrews reminds us that, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, reminds us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes, but he does new things. And we should expect experience such in our day, today walk with the Lord. Not new in the sense we sometimes think of new. He may simply manifest himself in new or different ways. He may work in ways we may not have seen or experienced. But in whatever way it is he manifests himself in, he is always the same. He will never change who he is simply to appeal to or satisfy our wants or our feelings. One of the things that we face when we endeavor to operate in the things of the Spirit in this way, one of the things we face is that we have an adversary. We have an adversary who wants to keep us from doing God's will and who wants to render us ineffective in God. And it's important that we cannot allow any doubt or hindrance in our lives to quench the potential we are talking about or to limit what God can do through each of us. That is why when we come to God and ask for his spirit to be poured out upon us, we must come free of anything that would hamper the moving of God's spirit within us. David cried out in Psalm 139, verse 23, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Things like unrepented sin, harbored offenses, a, fil- a focus on material blessings can hinder the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The psalmist declared, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Another thing that can hinder us in moving in God is a focusing on the past. Essentially saying what I can expect or do in the future is limited to my past experiences. And it's important to note this here that uh, good experiences or bad experiences, looking to the past and expecting from the past is not what we should be doing. The Apostle Paul said, 
One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Focusing on the difficulties rather than God's promises sometimes holds us back. And we heard about Peter walking on the water when he took his eyes off Jesus and he began to focus on the problem around him. He lost his vision and he began to sink. So let's lay all these impediments down at the foot of the cross. Let's repent of anything that is ungodly so that the Holy Spirit can flow in our lives. As we've already noted, God wants to use every one of us. I encourage you to ask God, how can you use me? He wants to use me, my personality, my talents, my strength, all the human qualities I have, but only as they are surrendered to him for him to use through the power of the Holy Spirit. So whoever you are listening to my message right now, it's important that you believe and accept that God wants to use you. You have giftings and abilities that God has a plan to use for his glory. God wants to start by baptizing you with the Holy Spirit for the outworking of his purposes. As we remind ourselves what Jesus said to the disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Disciples actually became greater and more powerful than they were in their humanity. The baptism of the Holy Spirit releases us from the limitations of our human physical and spiritual strength. Though many are greatly gifted naturally, however great the gifting may be, it is limited in accomplishing God's purposes. I believe that the priority of the church and Christians in the face of political turbulence, in the face of the uncertainty of this pandemic, should not be on things that God has declared is not for us to know, but to seek for the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the church, so that we can be effective witnesses to the world. I believe God is challenging every one of us today to step out in faith and experience more of the power and presence of God in our lives, to do with God's help what we could never do on our own. As we recounted, I recounted, Val recounted, Pastor Richard recounted, to walk on water in the midst of a storm. This brings me to what, what I believe God wants to release amongst us at Transformation Church. I believe God desires that the gifts of the Holy Spirit be released in the lives of all in our fellowship. The world needs to see a manifestation of the glory of God on the earth that has an impact on society. The world needs to see revival. And a compromised church or Christians will never bring it about. So will you agree with me this morning? The church, including Transformation Church, desperately needs the power of Jesus and the energy and activity of the Holy Spirit if we are to accomplish God's purposes in this hour. We need power, but not just any power. We need spiritual power, 
the kind of power that human flesh cannot produce, neither can hyped-up organized church programs produce. And I believe this morning that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for each and every one of us in Transformation Church. And that they can be a means of transforming our good intentions, transforming our good intentions into a life-changing action. Sound doctrine is important. Knowledge of the word is important. But in themselves, they are not enough. We need the truth that we have in our hearts and minds to be anointed by the fire of the Holy Spirit. We need an infusion of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, individually and collectively as a church, that will lead us to being released in ministry in the church and outside the church and having an impact in our community. I believe the functioning of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the church is essential today. They are vital to the church's mission and how it lives out its calling in the world. If we are to build a church, it is essential that we use the tools that God has provided for us. My last message, I shared this. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are a vital part of God's, of the toolbox God has given to us for that purpose. They are the channel for God's divine energy to enter into our lives and the lives of the church, to empower, our, to empower us and to bring us into the fullness of the knowledge of and experience of the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants to meet today's needs, not yesterday's needs. God's goal is to respond to today's circumstances, not yesterday's circumstances. The Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are able to equip us like nothing else to meet those needs. So let me ask you this morning, are you ready to be released? Are you ready to seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you ready to give yourself to be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? This world needs a church that is functioning. As I mentioned in my last message on all cylinders, when the church does not embrace the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it is operating in a limited power mode. Do you agree this morning that we need revival? We need to see an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. Do you agree we want to see see souls saved? Do you agree that we want to see our church become a powerful force in our community? Do you agree that we want to see our church grow? For this to happen, we need to seek for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon Transformation Church. We need to ask God to equip Transformation Church for his mission by distributing to all who desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's believe that in this way, that both individually and as a church, we will be prepared and equipped to be effective in impacting the world around us with the power of the gospel. In a way, we couldn't without God's supernatural help. So let's pray as we prayed the last time I shared. Take time 
Because what we are talking about, we have talked about this morning, is being prepared for a fresh move of God in Transformation Church. I want that. I believe our leadership team wants that. And I trust everyone who is part of our fellowship also wants that. Just take a moment to turn to the Lord as we pray together. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you that there is provision in you for your church to be an overcoming, victorious church. We acknowledge that we are the church and that therefore there is provision for each and every one of us to live overcoming, victorious lives. We thank you that you've provided for us the spiritual tools for us to be effective in ministry and to bring glory and honor to your name upon the earth. Above all, we thank you that you give nothing less than yourself to us to accomplish your purposes. We thank you that you give us the power to walk on water in every challenging situation. In the face of sickness, in the face of the impossible, in the face of oppression, in the face of the attacks of the enemy, in the face of whatever challenge we may encounter. We ask if there is anything in our lives that is an hindrance to you working in our lives. Please reveal it so that we can repent and bring it to the cross for forgiveness and cleansing. We want to be free for you to use us. Father, pour out and baptize us in your Holy Spirit. Pour out your Spirit on Transformation Church. Father, we want to be effective in ministry in your body, the church, and in the world around us. Equip us by imparting the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives as you desire. Father, fill everyone in Transformation Church with the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that our ministry as a church will become greater and will demonstrate to the world your power and your glory. Father, we pray that as we will soon regather together in fellowship, we will gather knowing that you want to pour a fresh anointing upon our lives, and that you want to move in our midst in a new way, and you want to use us for your glory. We ask these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.